happening? Come on, y'all. What y'all up to? Oh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, talking ball, talking whiskey, having some fun. Uh, I'm still go. celebrating the Orange Bowl win oh, over here. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. James, do you want to tell Woody about – Oh, wait, wait, real quick, real quick. We got his TikTok. What's your TikTok, uh, your handle, String? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just Prop Joe says or String says, one of those two. I get – I've been banned so many damn times. I don't. I don't know which one I use. I'm pretty sure it's Prop Joe says. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure all I do is go on there and like check out like occasionally whenever the Aggie the the A and M equipment guys post some stuff. I think the last like last one they posted was how the pads were wet after the Georgia game, and I'm just like, ooh, that's inside information. This is exactly the kind of stuff I'm looking for. I'm gonna click like on that. <laughs> hey. Uh... He's not on here right now, but the fourth member of our podcast, uh, he uh, he has a script hoodie. I know. I saw that, and it makes me mad. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think he has two like, script hoodies. Oh, son of a bitch. Like, here, here's the thing. Like, Adidas in general pisses me off, right? And this, this is an issue I have dating back, like, 20 damn years. I remember when UT became, like, a Nike elite team back in the day. And they used to have just so much dope-ass stuff available, right? And, like, A&M was a Nike team at that point, too, and you can find crap. And that's because our team was garbage, and it's fine, right? Then we corner turns, we go to Adidas, they make us one of the priority schools and all that other stuff, but, like, they still don't have a decent selection of stuff for fans. And that script Aggie Hoogity is awesome. So (laughs) one of these days, one of the – I figure, like, I'm just going to keep the pressure on. I'm going to keep, you know, keep keep – keep pressing and, and tagging more people and eventually maybe somebody will get the hand. Who knows? Man, it's that turned thing is so into sweet. one of those. It's turned into one of those Twitter things that string <laughs> does. It's like just, you does not. He like, you will not let it go until it happens. I will and, and not I feel let like- it go. It, and the sad thing is, is that once that does happen and I'm able to get one, I'm going to find the next thing to obsess over. Cause gonna, <laughs> I was about to say, you might be I'm, a little upset when it actually happens. Cause it's like an end of an era. Like, what do we I'm do gonna, now? generally unhappy person who needs something to obsess <laughs> over that's really fundamentally <laughs> what it comes down to speaking of the end of an era uh we are all team mond here you want to give us your oh. man that what a ride you, you know man like I, i've said this a bunch of times and i said this in the post game thing that i wrote and i said this in a little piece of good bull hunting that i wrote too like I mean, it's not even just Mon, but it's that entire class of 2017. You know, you think about those dudes like Aaron Hansford, you think about Buddy Johnson, like their careers started with that shitty ass loss to UCLA. And and honestly, at that point, that was easily the lowest point in Aggie football. And I mean, I've been, I've been following Aggie football as close as I have for at least 20 plus years. That was the lowest point in Aggie football that I've ever experienced. And now we're leaving it arguably the highest point you know it's just and you can credit Jimbo and all this stuff but you know I you know I think about this right where would Billy Gillespie have been without AC Law you know he needed that AC he needed that AC to kind of be that anchor point on the team you know to a certain extent I think Kellen is a lot of that too you know it's that dude who is going to be there through take all the crap that Jimbo's going to dish out do be a good soldier and yeah absolutely he's limited in what he can do and I do think that Haynes King has both a higher ceiling and a higher floor than Kellen Mond. Um, but I mean, I, I love the kid. I, I, I'm so thrilled that he got to go out the way that he went out and just, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a number 11 fan for life, man. 
Well, I would argue. Really I would argue that game. Mond has a has a high floor because I can't think of many games yep. that he started that he was the reason we lost that game. You know, yeah, the you only know, he, one he that was I always could... he brought you what you yep. expected from him. You know, the only one that I can think of is Auburn twenty eighteen. But yeah. even Auburn 2018, like he played a pretty poor game. But at the same time, like for two years, Auburn 2018 and Auburn 2019, Elko got just worked. You know, he, he got worked by that offense. And so, and again, I, I'm, you know, I'm not of the belief that one, yeah, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But it, regardless, you know, you got a guy that went from seven and six to nine and one. And, and with those garbage games that we would have had he would have been 11 and one this year there's no doubt in my mind about that you know and what's just great about it is like for kellen and for AM, we all there's always been those years that we've pointed to that we're like this is going to be the year this is going to be the year this is going to be the year that we perform and honestly we've never been able to do it until this year like we've been pointing to 2020 since 2018 you know we've been talking about Jimbo's third year of his recruits, the schedule lightens up the whole nine and the schedule didn't lighten up and we got there. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kellen, you know, like, and again, what kills me about it is like, I feel like, like I, there's people who have issues with them. There's people who have gripes with them and that's fine. And they want to bitch about his performance against LSU. That's great. I'm not against Kellen Mon criticism. I think that any player is worth criticizing, but at the same time, there's a difference between criticizing someone and just hating on them criticizing someone means valuing the good things that they did hating on him means just shitting on them and not being able to recognize that stuff so if you talk about the lsu game you better damn well talk about 80 percent against number four florida you better damn well talk about 80 percent against arkansas you better damn well talk about 70 percent against auburn 70 percent 70 percent against tennessee you know like you gotta take the you, not no you don't have to take the good with the bad you gotta be able to look at the fact that he played really well this year you know and, and it's again like I I, you get the the older you get like the more connected to the players you get you see them from being kids to now like and Kellen's a grown he's still a kid as far as I'm concerned but he's a grown-ass man you know and man I just wish him the best like he's he's been a great representative for the university been a great representative for the team I wish him the best all right so is he number two all time for you obviously you've watched a little more Aggie football than we have in my mind old as hell I appreciate you for phrasing it like that but I feel like you just called me old yeah, I was once every time you come nice on. History. It happens once. <laughs> it happens once. So we'll take that. That was at least it's getting kinder, you know. I was like, trying to make it nicer this time. It's getting more gentle. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously for me, he's number two. Like I think the earliest AM quarterback that I can actually go back to is probably Reggie McNeil. Sure. For me, he's the number two quarterback in AM history in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean you know, going back to when I have like relative recollections of football, I would say that the very first quarterback that I really even barely remember is Bucky. Um, and that wasn't an eight. That was when I was like 10 years old. So I don't remember any of that shit. Like I didn't follow it that closely, but like, as far as the time that I've been following, he is absolutely number two. Like, I yeah. mean, in my time, in my lifetime, it's been Stuart McCown, Ferris, Dustin Long, Reggie, you know, and, and like, you know, all these guys like that, none of them could hold Kellen's jock, plain and simple, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the other part too, is that you've got a guy who started three years straight, missed one series, one play one against snap Clemson. That one snap us. that we it fumbled. Fucked us. 
we like that. Like, I had forgot play. about it. Are you kidding me right now? That one play one, fucked that one. I was trying to think of what the one play was, and now I remember one play. One play in, in three years, and you think about that too, man. Like he didn't play behind oh. 2011, 2012, 2013 offensive line. He was playing behind some like pretty shitty offensive line. Like, dude <laughs> took 34 sacks last year. And I mean, he, he just sat there and took hits on hits on hits, man. And, and he just got up and kicked ass. So, yeah, I would say that in my lifetime, yeah, I, you know, as far as a, a performance, and a, you know, we could talk about talent and stuff like that. I mean, Reggie had a great arm, great leg. You know, you could talk about T- Tannehill was a, Tannehill, shit, he is still a good quarterback. As far as AM quarterbacks go, definitely number two. Absolutely number two. Yep. And, and, and I think that anybody who has beef with that or something like that is just, they're hating. They're hating yeah. for no good reason. They're haters. You know, again, like find me a quarterback in AM history who has accomplished as much as, who has accomplished as much as Kellen Mond has. And you can't, you can't find well, me one. I love the argument like, well, Johnny did it in two years. Nobody's arguing he's better than Johnny. No. But every other quarterback in the history of AM had the same opportunity Mon did. Yep. Yep. All well, of them. And, and, the, and you know, and like if we're if <laughs> if we're really saying that he's number two, like nobody's like you said, like Johnny was a once in a lifetime generational player. Like in college football, like when you talk about top hundred all time players in college football, all time, Johnny's gonna be on that list, right? Yes. You can't like you can't compare the two. Like in it, in, we can get into the nitty gritty. We can get into the offensive schemes and all that other stuff and how this was like the, the offense didn't set Kellen up to do with John. And it doesn't really matter. That doesn't matter. But the flip side of it too, man, is that Kellen's got two wins against LSU. You know, like he in 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 you know one like the first win relied a lot on Kellen. You know, and, and I'm not saying like there, I nobody and nobody could ever take away Johnny's. Johnny being Johnny, but it's not a bad thing to be number two to Johnny, man. No, it, it's not. It's not a. And anybody it, like, we could go through the list of other quarterbacks at A and M, and I do not think that you could find a single one that would be better than Kellen, or that you could not put Kellen in their place, and that team would be better yeah. with Kellen. Yeah. So I agree. Um. Yeah, I saw that the RCB had that. I think it was him that had the comparison of him and Bucky. Oh God, Mond like, and Bucky. It's and sure. It's Mond. It, it's Mond. It's Mond. And you know, it's different. It's different eras in football. I get that and all that other stuff. But like, I mean, I don't know, man. You, you, you. Um, I don't really know. I'm. Uh, I can all just say like, if you, you put Kellen back in in that offense, give him Bucky's stat line back in the day. Just take away the cornrows and take away listening to you know, take away oh, listening hey. to. Um, uh, take away listening to J. Cole and make him more demonstrative. Everybody loves him. They don't know. We don't know what to do with Kellen. You know, we don't know how, we don't know what box to put him in because he's not a fired up, get loud kind of a guy. You know, he's a go about his business kind of a dude and nobody knows what to do with him. And, and for some reason, and also the shit over the summertime that he did, which props to him, he stood up for what he believed in. Like people just don't know what to do with him. And so they just kind of want to hate. So whatever. I mean, he, he's, he's walking away the most successful Aggie quarterback the second most successful Aggie quarterback in individual performance, probably the most ag- most successful Aggie quarterback in team performance in eight of history. So, yep. yeah, I got uh, one more thing on mine. I haven't really gotten to to uh, say this, but I feel like the biggest thing you mentioned on Twitter a couple of days ago about how we hadn't anybody pl- had hadn't had anybody play four years as a starter for us. 
yep. or just that consistent not getting booted at the end of their career because they get injured. Rod Johnson, they don't Reggie McNeil. Yep. But right. And then some, this, you know, and then, and now we're go, go ahead. I was just going to say now we, we set up our younger quarterbacks. Now they got to sit back in Jimbo's system for a couple of years and watch, and they didn't get thrown in the fire too early like Mon did and yep, had, to, had to fight for three years. It took him three years yep. to, to recover from. We can take a fucking that. breath. Yeah. Yep. And so Absolutely. now we have the O-line built up. We have the quarterback room built up. And it just the program is in such a better state than when well, he yeah, got and, and, you know, somebody commented on that, too, that McGee got injured. And, yeah, he did get injured. And so did Gerard Johnson. But Gerard Johnson also got benched his last game in 2008 against UT because he was underperforming. And then UT – and then, you know, Steve McGee went in there and had the double lassos and all that other shit. But, like, the bottom line is, is that we've never had a quarterback be good enough – to stave off the people behind him. And that's the other thing with Mond is that for four years, four years, man, we've been hearing about the people behind him. We've heard that Nick Starkle was better. We've heard that Nick Starkle was better. Then we heard that, holy shit, there's Zach Zach Calzada who can throw the ball over those mountains. He's absolutely going to take over. He's Jimbo's guy. You know, the year after that, we're like, oh man, the hang team experience. He's going to start. He, you know, but no, like he is literally fought up every single person just by doing what he does. That's like, just college football the, fans in general, too, though. Yeah, like, the backup their favorite quarterback, back, their favorite player on the team will always be the backup quarterback. That's just always the nature of college football, and it's fucking yep. ridiculous. But yep, but you know, it, 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 regardless, like you said, we are we're set up. You know, we're 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 set up in a good place, and it's it's a large part is due to him. And, and uh, it, man, it's been a pleasure following that kid. Great kid, really, really tremendously happy for him. Yeah, so I kind of also want to go into – oh, Jordy, did you have some? I kind of wanted to talk about the uh, experience we had during the uh, bowl game. We were in Las Vegas. Oh, see, that's what I was going to say. I wanted to go into the to the Orange Bowl. I'll let you tell it from your perspective. All right, so, String, I know you're a big proponent of great teams cover. Great teams cover. So, we were in, we were in Vegas for the bowl game, and yeah. we all either had the over – and a and to cover the nine and a half to 10 points, wherever we got the, got the line at. Yeah. And so when, uh, when what's his name, bust that run down to the one <laughs> right at the end of the game. Yeah. We are eight. When a chain bust it, we're going crazy. We think he's going to score. We're hooting and holler. We're in the hotel room watching it. Um, yeah. I don't think we should have been in the sports book. We would have gotten our ass kicked in the sports book because we had too yeah. many loud people. Um, and so we're sitting there and we're, and then he gets tackled and we're freaking, I'm like, all right, that's it. We, he's going to, Jimbo's going to kneel it out and I fucking lose, we lose all our money. This is bullshit and all that. Um, we're just screaming. So now, so now a chains, a chains, my favorite, uh, a running back of all time. Now it's official, man. Like, but you know, it, yeah. Well, first of all, what, what, do you remember what, what hotel y'all were staying at? Uh, we were in the, the Hilton Alara that's like behind planet Hollywood. Yeah. I can't remember which one we were staying at, but I've been to Vegas twice for two football games with my buddy Matt. The first one was for Arkansas 2011. Oof. And we, we watched that Rough. in the Aria Sportsbook. And, and then the second one was our dumbasses went to the same Aria Sportsbook for UCLA 2017. Oh, so, hey, okay, so you are never allowed back in that hotel. You cannot step foot allowed, in that hotel. We cannot we just, go there. Cannot watch a game with my buddy Matt. Cannot ever go to <laughs> Vegas to watch ever, ever again. I don't – like, I, I very much feel responsible for both of those events. Hey, so we, <laughs> we, were in, we were in Vegas that same time for the 2017 UCLA. How did we not oh, run really? into each other? Yeah, we yeah. should have we run were, into each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were, we were, I was, you know, we were in the sports book and oh man, we were causing a scene because we were up and then slowly yeah. but surely we started coming back. And I remember at one point looking at Matt's like, this isn't happening, is it? This, this, this is and then it happened and oh well, what are you going to do? You made that hour and a half drive or two hour drive from uh, Vegas to LA to watch the game and it sucked. It that sucked. sounds awful. Well, I, I have such a severe case of BAS that after the first their first touchdown of the second half, I told Jordy, I said, we're going to lose this game. So I was already in acceptance by the end of it. You know, My I, denial I, hit. I, I don't think there was anybody out there that wasn't nervous, but also at the same time, I don't think there was anybody out there that could have at all expected for us to put up, what, 24 points and 200 some odd yards in the fourth quarter. Like it was nothing. Like we just mashed them, man. Like absolutely just – took the life out of them, which was, you know, and that's what we've been doing all year long. And, and that's the, you know, that's the challenge. Like there's no, like, I think part of the reason, there's a lot of reasons that I don't think that we made the playoffs. I think the predominant reason that I don't think that we made the playoffs was three big reasons. First of all, we lost to Bama by four touchdowns. You can't lose by that much and make the playoffs. Second thing is you're never going to hop over a team like Notre Dame into the playoffs. Texas a and doesn't have that clout and that's okay, whatever. But the third thing is that like, one, we don't really have any stars and we didn't win games in a flashy way plain and simple like you know all these games like Auburn we covered the spread we covered the spread against a pretty decent Auburn team but it t- we what we did what we did was hold on to the fourth quarter and mash them and take away their life in the fourth quarter but that's the way that we win games and that's not sexy you know plain and simple right. and Jimbo's never going to be and he's never going to be that way you know it, it's yeah. never maybe maybe we start blowing stuff up against uh, uh, with, with Haynes King and maybe he's throwing the ball down the field and stuff like that but like it's just we're never we're not. We are not going to win games in a sexy way. Oh, I don't Lord, think there goes Bama. Yeah, three and out. I don't. You might be. Are you on Direct TV or some kind of cable? I'm. On, I'm on Dish right now. Okay, so, so I'm live. You're ahead of us, so I'm ahead of. Uh, I won't. I won't say anything. I won't say anything. You're just pause it for a little bit. That's <laughs> yeah. I'll pause we, it. There we go. So we're at. I'm at thirteen thirty four. I have no. I, I'm Bama just has the ball back right now and. Uh, I'm at 1339. Anyway. Oh. But I'm streaming. It doesn't just matter. Oh, what were we just talking about? Oh, fuck. I had something to say. Oh, uh, when we were in Vegas? No, no, no. What, so, what's your thoughts on the game tonight, String? You know, I so Ohio State has those two defensive linemen out, right? Yep. It's um, big. It's big. And I before that, I really thought that they could – I think before that, I thought that they could really go toe-to-toe. Because I think a state could go score for score with Alabama because this is the exact kind of team that stresses Alabama. You know, on a healthy basis, they've got dynamic wide receivers on the outside. they got a good quarterback who can run the ball and, you know, make plays and stuff like that. You know, they got unique and unique ways to get the ball to the running back. Oh, can I, can I spoil something for y'all? Yeah, go for it. Trey Sermon just went into the locker room. So I think Ohio yeah. State's done Motherfucker! Yeah. Uh, right I have him to yeah. go. Over 109 rushing yards. That is he not just went, great. He just, it looks like he's holding his the, collarbone too. Yeah, he just went into the locker room. And I think that they're, I think they're backup quarterbacks out too. They're showing a replay of the thing right now. He's running the line. Oof. Yeah, he got that's a yeah, that's something. But you know, so before all this shit, <sighs> I thought I don't know if Ohio State can win, but I thought that they were good enough to at least stress Alabama. You know, who they kind of remind me of is like a better version of those uh, Ole Miss teams that used to stress Bama with like. You know, Bo and Laquan Treadwell and that kid who committed to AM but then flipped to you, flipped to Alabama. Like Quincy at uh, Quincy Adabaya, whatever. Yeah. Like, 
Like, you know, they just got good talent on the outside, but it sure as hell looks like Bama's kind of running over them right now. So, well, and we'll see. When you're talking about not getting in the playoff over a Notre Dame team, I think people, the media, the ESPN talking heads worked everybody into a frenzy of the SEC's not that good this year. It's their down year. Because the SEC was 500. Yeah, SEC was 500 this year. Fucking (laughs) stupid. And then they go into bowl season. And the SEC had a winning record. No shit. And then they go into bowl season and they beat the shit out of almost everybody they play, with the exception of Auburn and who else lost? Georgia played Cincy close, but. Yeah, I, I was I mean, surprised I, at that. Cincinnati was better than I thought they were. I'm not going to lie. I'll yeah, say they're a good team. Honestly, I've said all year Cincinnati's a good team. I, yeah, they're going to be like, good next year. They're getting them all back, mostly everybody back. Except for yeah, their Cincinnati. defensive coordinator. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, athletes play the game. Did y'all you know, see the whirlwind of the LSU coordinator hire? Did they end up hiring anybody at DC? I, I don't think they have yet. LSU hasn't yet. No. They were all in on the Cincinnati DC right, but and they, Notre Dame took yep. them. Yeah, so we're gonna have some guys on the show here later tonight from the LSU podcast, and they were, they just kind of put it real good. And they were like, you know, it, it, it's one thing to strike out on a coach, but it's another to spend so much time in in effort on one thinking you're gonna get him in a season like this when there's not a lot of great candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, so that he he said that I mean that's what sucks the most is they come and snipe you at the last minute, and I think a lot of that had to do. I think there's writing on the wall with LSU's program about what's about to happen. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. But, you know, so I was talking to one of the LSU guys that I follow, and he was, like, just going back on the entire Bo Pelini hire in the first place. Like, um, sorry, I'm way ahead of y'all right now, and I need to stop. Holy shit, Bill O'Brien is joining Alabama as the OC. That doesn't There was buzz about that. I know, but (laughs) – I don't know. It was oh, he's in. I think I just caught it. Was the Jalen Waddle thing the thing you were talking about? Yeah, where he. Oh uh, no. He's and then he came already. up limping. Dude just needs to sit, man. Like just what, go what? sit. Like maybe I don't know why he's playing it's not right worth now. The dude. Like I haven't even seen the play it. yet, but make a business decision. You're a first round pick. Yep. Who's been Absolutely. hurt all year? What was his injury? He broke, broke his leg, broke his ankle, something like that. I, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh, the, uh, DC, the LSU the, the, guy. You know, yeah, so one of the, the things that one of the LSU guys said that was that uh, the Scott Woodard, apparently Bo Pelini is friends with Scott Woodard, and Scott Woodard was part of the reason pressured Pelini into – pressured Orgeron into hiring Pelini. So that I don't know how true that is, but that's coming from an LSU guy. And what's you know what's fascinating to me about that is like I was I was pretty shell shocked whenever we lost Woodard. You know, it wasn't really hugely surprising, but it was still kind of disappointing. And I say that trade worked out pretty well for us, man. Like it it's a I, I wonder if Woodard got some buyer's remorse right now about heading over there. Yeah, I mean you have to think he he does he he left right after he put a and m in the spot they're in right like yep i will forever love that guy because i think he is an absolute badass athletic director who can go get whoever he wants he's proven that time and time again but like the last move he made was hiring buzz williams he locked jimbo up for 10 years in a situation that lsu would kill to be in right now Mm -hmm. 
I mean, yeah, LSU well, and he walked in the national championship with Jimbo as their coach last year. Yeah, well, and he in in Woodard walks into he walks into uh, um walks into whatever's going on at LSU football wise, you know, and they walked into a good situation, but now they're got you know, hell to pay in football with that investigation. And he walks into that Will Wade situation in football too. And so he's a, man, that dude's got his hands full right now. He's got it's his also hands full just, both, both football, both programs. It's hard to underestimate just how, or it's hard to, to put into words kind of how important it is to go back home for some people too, though. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Well, he's a Baton Rouge guy. Like if it was roles reversed and I was in Baton Rouge and A&M called, came calling wouldn't it take me five minutes take it every time i'd Absolutely. say honey we'll pack. To, he had to have known the the sanctions that were on the door like everyone oh, he, he did. had to have known when he took the job he did but would you give a shit if a&m came calling because i wouldn't i mean nope probably not i mean especially as like an ad it's not like and he came into him it's not like they happened when he was there everybody knows that he came into that situation and i'm sure yeah. that was part of his plan was how to get out of that, right? I wonder as an AD when all this stuff goes down, like like with Ross Bjork at Ole Miss and stuff, I wonder how much of it is like, don't tell me how you get these recruits, you just tell me that you're getting them. I think it depends on the coach. You know, I think it uh, – And the athletic like, director. Well, so as an AD, I, I think it's – you know, the coach has got to know what's going on. It's his, it's his program. But I think as an AD, it's, it's almost like – you're supposed to be the one monitoring it, but it's like, oh, I didn't know what was. No, going. that's you know, what you do as a coach: plausible deniability. All right, that's yeah. If we've learned anything. It, well, and I think the other part of it too is that if you're the AD and your coach is getting recruits, in however way they're doing it, and they're winning, I don't think you care. I think the second that they start losing is when you start l- looking at attention because you're looking for a way to fire the coach and lessen that buyout. Yeah, Bingo. you know, and, and and I think that's what we're finding out now. Like we're, ta- I think that continue to hear these things about how buyouts are going to drop and how coaches are starting to try to think of, or ADs are starting to think about new ways to negotiate these contracts so that they don't have to pay these millions of dollars of buyouts at the end of their at the end of their time. But now you're seeing that with Tennessee, you know, you're seeing that the ADs basically like, all right, fine, you're not, we want to fire you, we don't want to pay you twenty dollars for shitty work that you've done over the past three years. We're just going to investigate you. We're going to create cause. You know, Kansas did that with Beatty. You know, they basically investigated a ton of stuff and ended up settling out of court, you know, to keep both sides from getting black eyes. And I think that that's what you're going to start seeing more. So I think that going back to the question, I think 80s will have the ability to not care about dirty recruiting as long as the coach is winning. The second that the coach starts losing, that's when they'll start paying attention. Oh, LSU is the best example. You didn't hear any of this shit last year. All of a sudden this year, you hear about all the shit going down today at going down at LSU. Yep, 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 yep. It takes one. I thought it'd been. That's the shitty part. As a head coach in this world, it takes one year. Yep, one year, and then you're done. I mean, shoot. Like, well, yeah, and, and I mean, does anybody remember Gene Chizik winning a title at Auburn anymore? Nope. You don't remember I'm that guy on the SEC. No, hey. I mean, and Jorphy's going to tell his kids, you know, oh yeah, Gene Chizik with uh, with Cam Newton. The, the guy that talks on SEC Network? The guy that wears the hat? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, and then in the uh, NFL, it only buys you like two or three years. What was what is Doug Peterson on? Doug Peterson's done. He got fired today. I know. How many, how many years was it? Two years ago they won it or three? Three. 
three years. It was the Chiefs. But that was also some different situations. Oh, can we just get a nice view of that left tackle's ass right there? Y'all are so far ahead of me, it's not even funny. They do. It's just like you're watch. I looked up at the right time, and I'm just staring at this dude's butt crack. I'm gonna try to switch over to Fubo and see if that's faster. Oh man, String, what do you think about Bobby's uh, farewell letter? Oh man, I feel for the kid. Like I, you know, from from the on field perspective, hell of a job. He is who he is. He's put enough stuff on film. He's a, he is gonna tear it up in the league. He's gonna be great. Like I got no problem with him going pro. McKinley Jackson's right behind him. He's going to tear shit up. I'm perfectly fine with that. I think the thing that breaks my heart is you think about the kids, maybe 20, 21 years old, and he's sitting there like, I got to go pro because I got to pay for my pay for my mom's medical expenses. Like, what are you supposed to say to that, man? Like, the only thing you can do is just say, man, go be great. Like, just yeah. God bless you and God bless your family. And just go be great. He's uh, He's such an amazing guy, though, too, just yeah. in general. Like, Obviously, I've never met the guy, but everything I've seen, like his family's been very supportive. His family's very yep. vocal on social media, all that stuff. He's just a good freaking guy, you know? It kind of reminds yeah. me of like Mike Evans. You know, there was a lot of debate, you know, is Mike going to leave? Is he going to come back? All that stuff. And he just said like, hey, guys, I got to leave because I got a baby on the way. Yep. So I got to yep. go take care of my family. How can you ever fault a guy for that? Like, nope. Well, and you know, and I, go. I <laughs> I seem to remember a couple of years back hearing something that Bobby Brown was probably was dealing with some mental health issues with his weight and just depression and stuff like that. And, you, yep. you know, like you think about the like you think about the shit that the players have to deal with, not only the pressure to perform, but the pressure to succeed, like the pressure that eight, like the 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. grind that they have to do on a daily basis. And of course they get, you know, they, they get perks and all that other stuff. But that having to do that at like 19 years old you know, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm just happy for him. I, I am tremendously happy because he's going to go, he's going to go train. First of all, he's going to get a nice big check from an agent, you know, going to be able to buy himself a car, going to be able to buy mama a car, you know, go take care of shit. He's going to go train his ass off. He'll get drafted where he gets drafted and, you know, at the very minimum, make the league minimum. And that's what 500 K. Yeah. Like, oh, he's going to make a lot more than that. You know, and that's at the bare minimum right there. Like the dude yeah. is going to be that there's a healthy chance that the dude is a millionaire next year at this time. And you, you can't you can't be anything but happy about that. You know, like good for him man. like good for and, him going and, and making a better life for himself and making a better life for his family by doing the things that he is great at doing. And, you know, and he busted his ass for us. We got like he I can't I can't be anything but happy for the kid. Kind of back to your point, though, too, with, you know, the weight issue and, you know, he was battling some of that, you know, it's so it's fucked up, you know, because I, my fiance worked in the nutrition department for A&M. Mm -hmm. and I kind of asked her when all that stuff came out, like, hey, you know, is he overweight for like what they want him? You know, they all have target weights from the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. She said, no, that's where they need him to be, you know, so like. We yeah. see it, we're like, look at this monster. He's such a badass. Like, that's the perfect defensive tackle. But, you know, people that don't know he's a football player, things like that, they walk around and say, look at that fat ass, you yep. know? And it's yep. really fucked up. And he's like six, whatever, six four, three thirty five, running like a 4'8". Yeah, like, and it's just the like, dude is in peak physical condition. Is yeah. the exact weight that he's needed to be at? Exactly. He catches shit. Exactly. 
All right, y'all. I got to hop off. Got to go take yeah. care of some other stuff, y'all. Yeah, no. Thank you for hopping on with us. We'll hey, see you. Thanks for, thanks for chatting. We'll have to do this in the offseason, y'all. Yep. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Boy, still pushing big wheels. I stack my money, lay low and chill. Don't need to work hard, that's the way I feel. I feel like this is the way I live. Also, hey Arnold, what? That uh, touchdown review, they got it right, but it didn't matter because we knew that they weren't stopping Najee right there. No. No. They weren't stopping Najee with the first turn. Um. Is Sarkeesian coaching this game? Yes. He is. I figured he would be. But. There a lot there was some Texas fans on Twitter that were upset that he was not going to Texas before the game and waiting nine days to coach in the national championship game. Hey, you do realize if they told him you can't coach in the national championship game, he probably would have told them to go fuck themselves. Right, like it, it's like the whole point of all of this of Everything that people do in this line of work is to win a national championship game. To win that hey, game. You did all that work. You did all that work. You're not allowed to coach in this national championship game. You got to yeah, sit it out. On. Yeah. What's going on, man? What's up? I was looking at the wrong ass screen. Hold on. We're just talking about how stupid the Texas fans that were bitching about Sarkeesian coaching this game. Oh, is he actually coaching? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. I haven't paid too much attention. Yeah, no, no need. Uh, what you been up to, man? Just work, man. Sister got married this weekend. I almost died coming back from Dallas to Houston, but other than that. Yeah, you had to drive through a snowstorm. Yeah. That is not ideal. Aren't you from the Dallas area? Aren't y'all, like, basically, like, from the North Pole? Y'all get snow all the time and stuff? Well, the whole thing is my strategy when it snows is usually just not leave the house. So... (laughs) Good strategy. Yep. I didn't get to use that strategy this this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's a uh, that's Woody's strategy, even when it doesn't snow. Yeah. If there's he like flurries, I'm yeah. like, I'm good. Yeah. I, I live in Maryland in outside sales, so if it starts flurrying, can't make it. All right. It's tough. <laughs> oh shit. So you watch you watching the game at all? I am. I have it on my screen up here. Do you have a rooting interest either way, or? Uh, I'm really pulling for that giant meteor that we've talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, did you ever? Obviously, I don't think we've even told the listeners. This is Jay Arnold, former Texas A&M defensive lineman and Twitter legend. But, uh, did you ever get contacted by either either of these two teams? Like, obviously, maybe like a letter. But did you get any serious looks or interest from them? Alabama, yes. Ohio State, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alabama, it was just kind of a deal where I didn't think I would ever see the field there, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they, I mean, there was talks. I got the, I was going to go out and visit, but I ended up not going pretty much because I felt like there was no point. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever get to talk to old Nick Saban? Uh, I only talked to, my position coach. I never got a chance to talk to Saban. Gotcha. I'm trying to think. I was just wondering if he was as big and, of a because everybody thought everybody thinks he is. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a hard ass, but I, I don't think he's as bad of a person as a lot of the coaches in college football are. And at least he's upfront about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not afraid to hide it. 
So and that uh that position coach was the fullback position, right? I, I honestly I can't remember. It's been oh, so I, I just saw on Twitter you said you were going to be a fullback now. I should have been a fullback. Yeah, yeah. I think I would have been better at it. You don't have to be as athletic. That was that was during the Ravens Is that a game, shot right? At Cullen? Do what? Is that a shot at Cullen? No, no. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of a fact of the position. Yeah, you just kind of have to be hard headed. <laughs> what? Uh, so I've been trying to get. I don't know, just former players or recruits or just anybody in general on the show. Because I'm just curious at like, what's it? What's the recruiting process like? Is is it just like your phone blowing up 24 seven, or how's it really work? You know, for non athletic uh, that never got looked at. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, what because of the way the restrictions are, uh, it's not necessarily a deal where your phone's blowing up 24 yeah. seven. Uh, but during the times when there are no limits on calls, it can get pretty hectic. Uh, trying to get calls scheduled with different coaches or uh, getting visits set up or any of that stuff going on. Uh, and I don't know. I know they've changed some of the rules on communication. And this year especially was probably a little bit hectic. But uh, it's not too bad. Uh, I think you get, your phone gets blown up more by the, the media guys trying to cover the recruiting and get all the scoop and whatnot than it does from the actual coaches. Yeah. So. Uh, Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. So was there ever, like, a coach that just, like, pissed you off and you said, fuck this guy, I'm never playing for him? <laughs> uh, I, I don't I think I had a – do what? You don't have to throw names out there, but if there was uh, one. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I mean, nobody ever really pissed you off, but that's because coaches were kind of trying to be nice to you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, kissing you know? your ass the whole time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and at that point, there wouldn't I wouldn't really think about anybody that I, that I disliked that I wouldn't have wanted to play for. Uh, obviously, after the fact, I don't think I would have gone to Baylor, uh, knowing <laughs> what I know now. <laughs> Good call. Uh, but there there wasn't really a coach uh, during the process that I was just like fuck this guy in particular. Yeah. So. Uh, what the hell kind of commercial am I looking at with this dead horse? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> going, uh, you're kind of, oh, he's not dead. He's alive, by the way. Oh, no, you got to watch this commercial is crazy as hell. You got to watch this one. Spoiler alert. He's I'm not... way behind. Dude, it's a horse being raised by goats. What the? Okay, I see a goat. I see a horse that looks what pretty the... dead. Dang, you are pretty far behind. Yeah. <laughs> Fubo, Wait, man. You're a barbecue connoisseur now. What's uh, And you are now a fellow H-Town resident, right? Yep. Uh, what's, what's your what's your go-to place right now? Uh, so down in Houston, my favorite place is – I mean, there's two places that I really like, and it's uh, Corkscrew and uh, Tejas Chocolate. Are the are probably my favorite too. Uh, Corkscrews in spring, Taos chocolates in Tomball. Uh, as far as like close to my apartment, I really like Fiji's uh, barbecue, which is in the Greenway Plaza food court. Uh, okay. It is pretty dang good. And then uh, Regal's is always good as well. Those are probably the the four that I go to the most often down here. Oh man, yeah, what? I've been to I've been to Corkscrew. That's some good barbecue, dude, no dude. doubt. Good what, stuff. What? What's the best place you've been to across the state? 
That's a little bit tougher on you. It's got to be snows. I mean, okay. Like you don't want to buy into the hype too when you go there. You're pissed off. You got to get there early. There's always a line, yeah. but then you have it and you're like, well, shit. I mean, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason for the line. Yeah. Okay. What? Uh. I, I, so did you hop on that Aggie follow train this week? This past no. Week? Okay. No. I did it for the blog. Not trying to. Not too proud about it. Uh, you gotta do what you gotta do. I think the the kids would say secure the I, bag. I was thinking about it <laughs> back in the day. Uh, I I don't know if it was you and Hannah or maybe just Hannah, but I think like the original one back in like 2013 or 2014. I don't remember if you were in that one or not. I probably was like yeah. back then, but but uh, so that's, for me, that's I, a lot of concussions ago. Yeah, <laughs> you were uh, obviously I was following you either way because you were a football player. And then I was following Hannah off of that, and like it was just wild, like seeing y'all to get together and everything. That was just like, it was like the whole. Uh, some somebody put on Twitter the other day, and after I got on this new Aggie Twitter train, and I got all these people on there, and they're like, Aggie Twitter most famous couple or or something like that. And I was like, don't even. I was gonna be like, don't even try. You don't even know about the OGs, the original gangsters yeah. of the of the Twitter <laughs> yeah. Aggie couples. Yeah. <laughs> What uh, fuck? What was I gonna say? Who uh, do you do you know anybody in these games? From uh, they all kind of too young now. Yeah, they're all kind of too young. Uh, there is a receiver for Ohio State, uh, Jackson Smith uh, Jigba, who is yeah. from Rockwall. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which I don't know how neither of the Texas schools. Uh, recruited him higher, but yeah, you know, hindsight's 2020. Uh, but I, I know his brother, uh, pretty well just from his brother going to Heath. Yeah, uh, <coughs> that's funny because he, he, he went to he went to Rockwall High School, but his brother went to Heath. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's a small town, so it's not super unheard of, <laughs> relatively. So, so you, uh, you AM, who was your favorite teammate? My favorite teammate, like at favorite teammate, the guy that you just were attached to immediately. Ah oh, man, I mean, the funniest guy on the team was probably Floyd Raven. Really? That is not Dude, Floyd. Floyd is hilarious. Floyd. Floyd's one of my favorite people on this planet. Uh, but as far as like the guys that I hung out with the most, uh, shit, I don't know. Tanner Sharp was one of my guys that I always ran with. Uh, Jordan Master Giovanni. Obviously, all the defensive line guys like Day Day and Hardrick and all those guys. Yeah, we always get into shenanigans together. But okay, that 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 reminds me. I was going to ask you: Does Coach Price's food taste as good as it looks? Yeah, a hundred percent. I was yeah, like, that, that alone, our, like no other. That alone would would convince any recruit. Like if if he could take them to the D D line cookout every time, yeah, they wouldn't go anywhere else. I, I'm still convinced he's going to end up opening up a barbecue shop in College Station when he calls it quits. If if he ever decides to quit coaching, that's a big F. I think he will. Yeah. You going to be a pit master for him or what? Uh, hell, I mean, if he called me up, I wouldn't hesitate. Yeah. So, so obviously, you were in the, the Chick-fil-A Bowl, and uh, what were we in before the year before that? More, Texas Bowl, maybe? The, the Cotton Bowl. No, we were in the Cotton Bowl. Oh, uh, that's right. So – you you 
did all of the the bowl game antics and everything they have the kids doing before. What's like, how big are they missing it? Because this year they couldn't do a lot of that stuff. What are the kids missing out on? Dude, I mean, there's just like so much little stuff that goes into bowl week that's so fun looking back on it. I mean, they have like arcades set up in the in the basement of the hotel. Uh, you had all kinds of activities planned throughout the week for the Chick-fil-A bowl. I mean, I couldn't eat Chick-fil-A for probably a year after that because we had <laughs> so much. But, man, it was just – those kids are missing out on a lot. Uh, it is a blast. Uh, plus, you get uh, you get to go to a city and you actually experience it, whereas normally when you're, when you're playing uh, a road game, you spend one day there and you're in the hotel the whole time either watching film or – uh, walkthroughs or whatever to get ready. So uh, bowl week is really the only time that you get to experience something outside of your own town uh, leading up to a game. Did you, uh, did you see that the Iowa State and Oregon players got PlayStation 5s for their uh, bowl gift? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty sure that's why mine didn't ever come in. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they took it to the uh, – the Oregon Iowa State uh, bowl game, and that's a lot. That's a lot of PS fives to give out. That is a lot of PS fives, but, but uh, again, that's that's a big part of why you want to play in those bowl games because the, the bigger the bowl game, the nicer the bowl gifts. What was I the- think my favorite bowl game story is the dude that stole from the Belk store <laughs> when he had like a thousand dollar gift card in his fucking hand. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what was the best anything you want in the whole store <laughs> what was the best bowl gift you got man i mean the nicest were probably the watches we got at the bowl games but i lost both of them so quickly that it, <laughs> i didn't really get to enjoy them yeah. I, I didn't ever wear watches in high school or any time before that and i guess going up to the bars in Northgate, I just got hammered and Took it off to wash my hands after using the restroom or something, and just left it there. <laughs> I thought you were like lost. lost, like like you were playing a poker game, and oh like, no, you didn't quite win. No, I don't, I don't, I don't gamble uh, much. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll do a friendly wager every now and then. But uh, no, I, I legitimately just misplaced them. <laughs> so, were you? When did you retire? So I retired after the 2014 season. Okay, uh, so Liberty Bowl. In 2016, this kind of your story about the watch kind of reminds me of this. We went to that game against Miss State where Trevor got hurt and we lost as number four in the country. And we go out to the bars afterwards and we had ended up running into these girls that were actually on the foot or dating guys on the football team for Miss State. So we ended up hanging out with their football players. And one, and I'm sitting there talking to my buddy that also goes to AM with us. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, a just giant size ring just drills him right in the forehead and he's sitting there and it just you just leaving your watch reminds me of my buddy just sitting there and he's got a giant belt bowl ring with all these diamonds in it just sitting there and he's like i have no idea where this came from and just got a free ring basically we ended up finding the guy later on but (laughs) that shit kind of reminded me of that what happened did he just like throw it or oh so he was like trying to like dap up one of his guys and uh, it, it flung off of his hand, hit my buddy in the forehead. And the guy was, like, so ecstatic. And, you know, I don't know how it was in College Station, like how many bars y'all were able to just get tabs at whenever you wanted. But this was one of those. And so he he just bought – he was so happy that we gave it back to him. He just bought us shots and drinks the rest of the night. And I don't remember much after that. But 
Of course not. I mean, that's usually the way it goes, right? That's a funny story, though, is I had I was probably 12 years old at a NASCAR race one time. Uh, We were at the infield of the track, kind of by where all the, the drivers had their RVs parked. And as the drivers would take golf carts uh, from their RVs to the garage area, people would kind of just like sit there by the gate and try to get autographs. Uh, And I was kind of sitting there with the crowd uh, watching somebody else pull off. All of a sudden a driver is coming out and I turned my head around my sunglasses fly off top of my hat uh, right behind the golf cart. I guess the, the, Golf cart stopped. They thought they were their sunglasses. So the driver ends up picking them up, taking off with them. <laughs> uh, and the kid was a, a, a not super well-known rookie at the time, uh, but it was Denny Hamlin. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so Denny, I always tell people Denny Hamlin stole my sunglasses. <laughs> you like to think he still wears them around and everything? I mean, they were like some cheap-ass $10 sunglasses. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as he probably got to the garage area realized what they were he probably chunked them (laughs) (laughs) that's funny as hell uh so watching this alabama team i mean they're it's a completely different team than the one you guys faced obviously in terms of their offensive firepower and things like that but i have to imagine the hardest part of stopping alabama is still the case of stopping the run against those offensive linemen, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously this this year's a little bit different when you have uh, receivers that can change the game, uh, like uh, like uh, Waddle and and Devonte Smith, and even Mechie to an extent. Uh, but I mean, playing the Alabama, it's always stop the run first. I mean, I think twenty fourteen was probably the year that Alabama started really becoming more of an offensive power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Lane Kiffin's first year there as offensive coordinator. Uh, and obviously we got torn up that year. That was the 59 to zero game. Yeah. That one was tough. Uh, they had TJ Yeldon and Derek Henry in the backfield. I like, I like to think that the way that game started, I like to think if Desha- I think it was DeShazer or whoever was playing corner gets that interception right there when they go down and score. I like to think it's a totally different game. Uh, you know, we like to think that too, but <laughs> it might've just been 59, 59 to seven. Yeah. yeah. When you lose 59 to zero. You can't really do much. Uh, you can't really um, say much would have changed. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, momentum is a big thing in games and sometimes things start snowballing and get out of control and, Obviously, that was one of those games where that happened. Okay, James, this is was, to ask him if he could hear that guy. Oh, man, we were sitting up on third deck, and this the, the entire – or the top deck, I think they only have two. Um, that entire game, there was this big old stereotypical Alabama fan, big A tattooed on his arm, wearing a cut-off T-shirt, a sleeveless T-shirt at the football game. And every time Alabama gets the ball, he stands up and he goes, come on, O-line, block somebody. We're like, the dude, entire game into, into the fourth quarter. It's the fourth quarter. It's 59 to, to zero 52, game. 52 to nothing. And he's yelling. I'm like, I think they're blocking him fine. I, I <laughs> think they're doing it. <laughs> so it's, it's funny because there's always like one fan that does some stupid stuff, like like just yelling stuff that makes no sense. Oh, yeah. There's always some some dude yelling, get him. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> 
Get him. <laughs> so hey, uh, run the dang ball. Wait, what about what year? What year was the the I see you CJ? That was tw- that was twenty thirteen. That was John. Okay. Was, yeah. So we um. Uh, oh God, I can't think of his name right now. He he who? returned kicks. Oh, Casey Crow. Talking about who we went. Oh no, you're talking about the CJ. Funny. We we so there was a guy that walk, tried to walk on from a town close to ours that we were friends with, and he ended up walking on and having some kind of injury to where they just basically made him a glorified water boy. And uh, he gave us tickets in the student section, and it was his. Was there? It wasn't. Was there a guy named CJ on the team? And All t- right. Anyways, his dad <laughs> stood up the entire game. Was just like every kickoff was like, "I see you, CJ," and then he would like turn around from he's on the bench he would turn around wave at him and be like hey, yeah and like just getting all hyped up and it was that was the game you're talking about but that i don't remember who the player was his name was curtis or i mean something c with and his last name was jones and i can't remember what it was but that was the year before you got there i think 2012 yeah 2012 when johnny was freshman year against so, south carolina state or something like that so um, you came in at like the peak excitement of a&m football Ever. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there was probably more hype for that the beginning of that 2013 season than has ever been around the program. I still uh, think that, that 2013 Alabama game was probably the best college football game I've ever seen. It's it's the loudest I've ever heard of stadium. Yeah. By far. It, uh, when, Mike, when Mike took that touchdown 98 yards. Yeah, that's the that play. Yeah. The loudest – I was at that game on the alumni side, but that was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium as a fan. Yeah, I don't – I don't because LSU, they had all emptied out already. Like, I don't think I've heard anything close to that. So, like – I feel so bad point, for all those people that left that LSU game oh, early. Yeah. Hey, so our God. friend woke up that morning hungover, and they were from living in Austin. They are like – well, we've lost LSU so much. We're going to get our ass kicked. We're just going to sit this one out. It's the last game of the season. And then they, I guess, like passed out drunk and or whatever, and they woke up, and it was like we were leading in overtime, and they were like, what the fuck did we just miss? <laughs> and then they missed the Florida game this past year, too, for the same reason. Oh. So they're not really allowed to go to any more big games anymore. Yeah, I mean, they should just be kind of banned permanently. Yeah, <laughs> they need to stay the hell home. Get, get rid of their tickets. So – at the point that, like, 2013, Johnny was hanging out with Drake and shit, was he basically just a celebrity in the locker room at that point? Like, No, nah, I mean, there's definitely, like, the offensive guys hang out with the offensive guys and the defensive sure. guys hang out with the defensive guys. But he never really, like, big-leagued anybody, you know what I mean? Uh, he, he was probably a little more lofty, but that, like, that's just kind of quarterbacks in general. Yeah. Right. Uh, quarterbacks in general are kind of just cocky assholes. That's just they have to be part of the personality. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a. Uh, Is that, oh, let's go! That's a Devontae Smith touchdown. That's like yeah, a. You are very far behind. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so speaking of loud, how loud it was at the Alabama game in thirteen, do you uh, do you have a place that? rivals that like that you went in there and you're like man this place is loud as shit <laughs> well the uh, the 
the loudest besides that I think I've ever heard. Uh, that Bama game in 2014 was pretty loud. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but one one event that I described to people as also just incredibly loud was when I went to uh, the John Jones, Tiago Santos UFC fight in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And oh, one of the early fights on that card was Jorge Masvidal's like seven second flying knee over Ben Askren. Oh. And that place after that knockout was just as loud as anything I've ever heard. Really? It what? was insane. Was that in MGM? Uh, it was, I want to say it was in uh, wherever the Vegas Golden Knights play. Oh. The T-Mobile uh, Arena? Uh, yeah, it was in the T-Mobile Arena. Okay. Yeah, so yeah I could see how that could get I can't hold but like 20,000, 30,000 people probably, huh? Yeah. and But it's uh, enclosed and – yeah, the percussions are all you're on all top the acoustics of it, and it was just insane. <laughs> oh man, where's our UFC guy when we need? Yeah, him? I know we have our we have a UFC guy on the podcast, but he's not here. But missing out. Yeah, what, you're pretty uh, big into the UFC and all that stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, that's that's what we were gonna ask you. How was that fight? That one that your first, I guess, it was the, the grappling first. competition. Yeah, the grappling competition. Oh man, I it was it was a good experience. Uh, I kind of screwed myself over. I got ringworm like three weeks before the fight. Oh, shit. So I, I didn't. I couldn't come to go to the gym to train, oh, and I was definitely a little bit lazy and did not get on the bike like <laughs> and like at least kept up my cardio. Yeah. So I gasped pretty hard. <laughs> So did COVID like because it's obviously so much contact did that get shut down because of COVID or did you call it quits or or are you still working on it or no I mean I just I've been I when I had COVID that kind of messed me up quite a bit uh my my gas tank I mean still hasn't recovered so basically I'm just trying to get to a point where my cardio is where it needs to be to be competitive. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, anybody that's competing at this stage is, uh, taking it very seriously. Uh, and I can't afford to compete again if I'm not going to, I mean, I'm just too competitive. I don't want to, uh, step back out there unless I'm at my top, top, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I got to so, take some time and get all that sorted before I step back on the mat. What happened to the rugby career? Oh, that's still going. Yeah. <laughs> it just, we haven't been practicing because of, uh, because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's just the, uh, the Texas rugby union, uh, the, the rules, I guess, haven't permitted practice. So that's why we haven't done anything with that. I mean, obviously games are out of the question too. Yeah. Yep. Did you, how much did you know about it before you stepped foot out there? Uh, I knew that passes could only go backwards and there was something called a scrum. So you know, as much as we do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I, I've learned a lot about it. It's an awesome game. Uh, How much does it translate from football to rugby? So the way I describe it to people is it's a lot like football in that it's a team tackling game, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's soccer and football and wrestling kind of all mixed in a pot. Yeah. 
uh, like, like the- high school wrestling translated a lot huh. uh, to to the way you uh, position your head in the scrum, just kind of the feeling your body weight, uh, the the way you got to stay balanced. And even like the, the way you tackle in rugby is more like a wrestling shot than it is like a football tackle. Hmm. Like in football, you're taught to get your head across. Right. Rugby, you're not wearing a helmet. You get your head across, you're <laughs> going to have a real problem. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But, like, even, like, the blocking schemes, are they just completely different? Uh, you don't block in rugby. That's illegal. I thought you – No. You can't, like – Oh. Show us how much I know about it. It would be uh, – it's a, it'd be called obstruction. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, you set, up, you set up gaps basically by – uh, carrying the ball and then drawing defenders to you, making an offloading pass, and then that's how you uh, create gaps for people to run through. What Makes kind sense. of uh, advantage do you have being a Division One? Like the kind of guys you're playing against right now. Like where do you stack up against them in size? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you get some pretty pretty hefty dudes out there. I imagine a lot of them. <coughs> Sorry. If they're not as big as you, I'm imagining they're pretty jacked. Uh, and there, every once in a while, there's some pretty jacked dudes, but it just kind of depends. You also get some guys that are uh, there for more of the social aspect, the <laughs> which is another great part of rugby. Is yeah. <laughs> after the games, both teams go to the pub and just get hammered. Oh. That's the most rugby shit I've ever heard. Right that now. is very rugby, and that's that's what I love about it. I think uh, I think football would be a lot better. You'd have a lot less unsportsmanlike conduct if uh, we had socials after football <laughs> games. <laughs> so you had to have a lot more fights at the socials. One of the two. Yeah, I mean, one of the two. It's basically beer league softball with uh, full contact, <laughs> pretty much. A little bit more physically demanding. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like barely so, hockey. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get back into uh, to grappling and, and the MMA stuff, are you going to go into more more than just the grappling, or is that kind of where you? So I've been stay? doing boxing and kickboxing as well, uh, but I want to get a lot better at that side of things before I uh, before you let someone hit you in the face. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I had my way, I'd win a fight without ever taking a punch. <laughs> I think most of us would be. I, I don't. I think, think that's a good goal. <laughs> right? That's the strategy. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen. I've seen some UFC fighters that I feel like they like taking the punches. So yeah, I mean, Chris Lieben. Yes. One of those guys. Oh, Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz both. Nate Diaz is a fucking madman. Yeah. Dude, what were those the two? There's like two heavyweight guys that they just set. I think it was actually boxers. The that big British boxer. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah, he just gets in there and they just wail on each other. He when yeah, he gets dude. in there, it's like he's 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 a psycho too. <laughs> so That's some scary shit. I, I'm gonna ask you since Flounder's not in here, but um do you think for the sport of UFC itself or or I guess the UFC, um do you think that COVID was actually kind of a good deal for them? Because I know I I hadn't watched but maybe one or two fights my entire life, and I think I've missed like three fights since COVID. I think that the the speed with which they were able to get back uh, to competing compared to other sports was a huge plus for it. Uh, plus, I mean, 
one of the first fights back they had was that Tony Ferguson Justin Gaethje fight that was an yep. absolute was war. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, hell of a fight. When you put a product like that out there, that's the only thing on. There was yeah, nothing else going on. You you had UFC and NASCAR, and that was about it. Or yeah, I like one night I was literally deciding between UFC or Korean baseball, and I obviously chose UFC. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, I'm surprised. I would have figured you would have picked Korean baseball. Well, Korean baseball was free, so I almost did. But Korean baseball is a lot of fun. It is. They, it, they get they have like the cheerleaders and stuff out there. They it's get wild. rowdy. It's fun. Yeah. I'm a big baseball guy, so it gets rowdy. But hey, uh, didn't your boys make a pretty good playoff run this year? Yeah, Rockwall Heath. They lost in uh, overtime to Cedar Hill. Oh shit! So, I mean, that's uh, Cedar Hill's a powerhouse. So yeah, no shame in, in losing uh, to Cedar Hill in overtime, especially I think it was third or fourth round. They just took down Geyer. Uh, Cedar yeah. Hill. No, yeah, Cedar Hill took down uh, Denton Geyer. Oh dang. Yep. I stopped paying attention after Heath lost. I was, <laughs> you know, but, uh, a little bit salty. I think doesn't Cassidy McWall cover them now? Yeah, so she's been yeah. she's been covering. I think it's for Rockwall County Game Day is who she's been working with. Oh, okay. Uh, so she covers Heath and Rockwall. I think even Royce City at some point. Yeah. Do you still have the blanket that she gave us when we were staking out our uh, yeah. <laughs> our tailgating spot? Yeah. So uh, I don't remember how I knew her, but like we we would text back and forth and one day we were getting a tailgate spot and i'm over there with my dog and she comes to talk to us and me asshole oh yeah you were over there that's and, what he said my dog <laughs> and she brings us this blanket and i i was like okay i'll get it to you later and i have not seen her since then and i used to see her like almost every every week like walk in the class or something like and so I still have her blanket with her initials on it. And <laughs> my mom keeps – and I'm, like, engaged now. And my and my mom's like, that's kind of weird that you have that blanket. And I was like, no, I'm going to give it back to her someday. I'm going <laughs> to see her. And I'm going – oh, ball. Yep. Uh, they got it. Uh-oh. I'm at least three. Spoiler alert. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm going to give her that blanket back. I don't know when I'll ever see her again, but it's going to happen. So – um, if you want to hop off whenever you can, we're, we're just going to talk ball and hang out. But, uh, you're yeah, I mean, I'm probably just going to be distracted by the game the whole time, but <laughs> I may, I may have to get off here soon. Uh, dude, I'm fucking worn out yesterday. I tell you what, driving in the snow is not fun. Yeah. Well, I can't even imagine white knuckling it the whole time. Well, the problem was I was an idiot and listened to Waze when Waze told us to get off the highway to avoid traffic. Whoa. So we were on 75 north of Centerville and the road did not have enough cars on it. So there was this stretch of Hills that we had to go up and down. And because none of the snow had gotten cleared off by other cars, there was basically a line of like six cars just stuck. Oh shit! So we were there for about two hours before a guy that like lived at the top of the Hill uh, got his tractor and basically pulled each car one by one into town. Jesus. And it, it was, dude, it was a nightmare. I was, I was about to say, I can <clears throat> kind of understand what you're saying. I had to drive to Brenham on a, on a farm to market road. So not many people had driven on it and it was pretty icy. And I mean, but that was just 45 minutes. And I, but I mean, you're just sitting here like this in the same position the whole way. 
but that's it, way worse. That's way yours is way worse. It was. I mean, I'm gonna try to pull up this picture, but it was sketchy as hell, dude. Just like sitting on that. You're hoping that nobody's gonna slide backwards. I don't know if you'll all be able to see this, but this will give you kind of an idea of what we're looking at there. Yeah. Oh shit. So it's like on a hill and a curve at the same time, and oh, yeah. Was there that, anybody who had ran into each other? Or they just were all stuck. Everybody was just stuck. Oh, okay. Like even even the trucks that were four wheel drive were stuck. So, I mean, my my two wheel drive wasn't gonna do shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, before you go, I have two more quick playing days questions. Gotcha. Was Derrick Henry bigger than you? He wasn't bigger than me, but he was way better than I was. Okay. Was it? Were you scared to tackle no sh- him? No, no shame in that. Way better. <laughs> yes. Were you 100%. scared to tackle him? You were. One hundred percent. Yeah, I would have been too. I get it. Absolutely. I'm like, yeah. Fuck that. That's why I tell people like, anytime somebody asks, how much would you uh, have to pay to? How much would you have to be paid to tackle Derrick Henry? I'm just like, well, I already tried that, and uh, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Did it for free, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> Number two. Okay, go ahead. Who was the best football player you ever faced That's in a game? In a game? Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. I mean, Dak Prescott's got to be one of them. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry's another one. <clears throat> you know, like guys like Amari Cooper. Uh Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Oh, but yeah. Like those receivers, you're not really seeing too much of them when you're on the D line. Right. Uh, basically, any offensive lineman from Alabama was good. <laughs> uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's oh, one. Did he uh, hit hard? Well, I mean, it, it's tough because you're not really getting hit that hard when you're, it's just kind of a, in the trenches firing off at somebody. Right. Because you, you kind of, I mean, unless you're just getting really blown off the ball, but even then it's not like a, a heavy contact. Like uh, a, I mean, it, it's a jolt, but it's not like a getting lit up. The times you get lit up is when a guard's pulling and you don't see him coming, and then you just get kind of. That's the, that's the only time I blacked out in the football game is when they were running a red skin at me and I wasn't looking. It knocked me out cold. Yeah, it, that is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Or Derrick uh, Henry got a free shot at you down the hole. Yeah, but I mean, like the the best guys that I ever, I guess, laced up against were probably our offensive line. I mean, Jake Matthews, Cedric Abuehi, like those guys are both yeah incredible. <laughs> yeah, still playing in the league. Exactly. Like Jake Matthews in particular. The thing that was so crazy about him is he was so technical with everything too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was. He's got to be one of the strongest guys in the league today still, but was it the technical side that just really yeah, made it that much Because, you know, you're used to – in high school, you can just kind of out-muscle everybody. Uh, and that goes away a little bit in college. But somebody that is that technically sound is – it's a rarity no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and he is just it – was, it was awesome getting to practice against him, but it also sucked. <laughs> uh, real real quick the chick i mean yeah the chick-fil-a bowl how much of that deficit was did, did y'all kind of come into that game thinking y'all were going to handle them pretty easily or 
or what, uh, what, happened, I mean, what happened there? You know, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, we took it pretty seriously. Uh, I thought leading up to it. Yeah. Uh, They're just a good team. Defensively, we had struggled all year. We knew right. it was going to be tough to, to stop them. Uh, and because they, they had done pretty well on that offense. I mean, I think uh, I want to say Jamison Crowder was their yeah, receiver. Jamison Crowder, he lit our asses up. <laughs> he's another one that was a really tough uh, opponent. Uh, so we, we knew that offense was going to give us problems. Uh, I think it was more surprising that our offense struggled early yeah. in the game yeah. uh, than anything. And I mean, I wasn't with the offense as much, so I can't really say whether they took it seriously or not. Uh, but I know defensively, <laughs> when you when you have that many freshmen out there, nobody's thinking uh, we're going to handle this team, especially when it was a, an offense that was as good as Duke was. Uh, but then we figured something out in the second half. We are able to get some stops, and our offense started firing. So <laughs> we managed to come back, but it was uh, it was a bit hairy there. That's got to be another like one of thinking, those all-time moments, right? Like the Tony Hurd pick six. That's Were you on the field for that play? Oh, yeah. Was uh, that like just one of your all-time Aggie moments? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can see me. I, I started to lead block for Tony, and then I started to cramp up like halfway through that touchdown. <laughs> so you see me just kind of pull up after after trying to run for a little bit. And then the the Nate Askew touchdown it was the same, yeah. or not touchdown but interception. The interception was the same thing. What uh, how how often do you show people that video? Like I know you put it on Twitter every now and then, but I feel like that video of you getting the sack, like or the tackle, and like in in the in the Chick Fil A bowl, and then the SMU game. How uh, often the, the SMU one, and then the, it was the pass breakup in the in oh, the, that's in what the it was when, you dropped, when I'm yeah. dropping the coverage. Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> love doing that because I'm just like, yeah. yeah, I can play DB too. Oh, hey, <laughs> What's I'll up? up or somewhere in a random place and be like, like, look, this is what I can do. Like, see, so, like, all the time, I'll just break that out. Like, it's just <laughs> such a good memory. I mean, yeah. you have to like, it, have to. it's douchey as fuck, but you have to relive the glory. Fuck day. that. <laughs> <laughs> You get to do it at a higher level, so it's not as bad. When I do it, I look like an idiot in a in a super douche because it was in high school. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I do like to tell peak. people. At least I peaked in college. I didn't peak in high school. Yeah, exactly. My peak, <laughs> I, I guarded Ricky Seals in basketball in high school, and he scored eight points against us when he was averaging twenty something a game. That's my peak moment. And I'd probably like, I'd probably brag about that too. Yeah, but it was also ten years ago now, so. That's awesome. RSJ was a freshman when you were. That hurts to think, about. right? Oh. Yeah, so we came in in the same recruiting class. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was class of 12. He, I think he was just a grade or two younger than me. I'm he would have yeah, been he a grade was in younger. my grade. So yeah, your yeah. recruiting class was one of like, like everybody was so high on that recruiting class and they all just fell off one by one. That is just a rude thing to no, say. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> I mean, saying it. I'm not talking about Jay. I'm talking about. Half the others that transferred after year one, like well, a lot of people. I mean, and that's just we we. It was a big volume class too. It was y'all had like thirty two in that class, I think. Yeah, and part of that was, I mean, shit happens. You're gonna have attrition no matter what. So, yeah, that was his first full class, right? Someone's that was someone's first full class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jimbo's first full class was like twenty eight or something like that. I think. Yeah, I mean, they always load up their first full class. Well, and you always. always there's all with coaches changes. There's always a little bit of a lag in uh, in your class. 
Yeah. So you kind of have to make up for the year before. So you had you, I guess you played under Mark Snyder and uh, Chavis. You didn't play under Snyder. I didn't play under Chavis. Uh, didn't Chavis play. didn't get there until 2015. Uh, oh. So I was around a little bit in spring ball when they were installing everything. But I mean, at that point, I was pretty much done. Uh, yeah. I knew that the it was basically just going to be an endless cycle of getting my shoulder repaired. <laughs> but, gotcha. Well, all right, well, we'll let you go if you want. Um, there goes another Najee Harris touchdown. Yeah, I'll probably Dude, I'll probably take a shit and hit the hit the hay. Yeah, feel like <laughs> we got like two two and a half more hours of this. So, but hey, man, thank you for hopping on. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed it as much as we do. We, like to have you on again sometime if you're about it so yeah dude uh it's always good to chat i mean you know maybe next time i'll actually bring a beer on so i can get a little but yeah well i'll see you chucks we'll in have, chug we'll have whiskey next time yeah yeah we just got a whiskey sponsor so uh there you go whiskey for it we're gonna play a drinking game with them yeah, we'll, we'll get you tore up next we'll just time. play a uh, thunderstruck with whiskey right oh lord yeah that's driving <laughs> some sort of bullshit whiskey game where you have to pour it into a mug and chug it so <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get a recording on like a friday or something or, or, yeah or, nah, we'll just do it in the middle of the week fuck it eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have jobs that's that's fine it's yeah, just it's working from home for losers. Losers. anyway <laughs> All right, man. We'll take it easy. We appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you. Thanks, Jay.